0: This is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabres Network.
1: Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor.
0: You were the chosen one! Something
1: truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're gonna try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabres Podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and I'm here with my co-host. She is cooler than a WrestleMania match between Leia and Ray. Just because I want to see. I just wanna see. Like, I just feel like that would be like a spectacle event where like they would shake hands afterwards. Anyways, guys, it's Lindsay.
0: <laughs> they would shake hands afterwards he says yeah like a fun
1: competition
0: you know fair fair
1: i felt like it was right, appropriate since we up. were talking about leia tonight but, you I know was you to say you're you're always so topical with these intros i really try sometimes i just like uh you know pull it out of nowhere and it just depends on well what's... that's really
0: only if drew is here but for mine i feel like you're at least always considerate and topical
1: Yeah, or I just look at what's sitting on my desk. Either one, but you you can fill in the blanks. This isn't a, a visual podcast, so you can just kind of paint the picture in your own mind. And when you're painting that picture, we have someone else with us today, and it is not Drew. You know her from Twitter at Leia's Rebellion. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Pris. You are a huge Leia fan, so I feel like we have to uh, talk about Leia I don't Leia know if today. I
2: would say that. I, like, just have a tattoo of her permanently on my body. I don't know if I define that as a huge fan.
1: I mean... is that really
2: commitment? Yeah. Yeah, like, I I haven't dedicated all of my skin to Leia, so I don't know.
1: Well, two-thirds of us on this show have a uh, tattoo of their favorite character, and one is uh, wishing that he could go and get it sooner rather than later. So I think I think you qualify. Uh, Who does
2: Lindsay have
0: a tattoo of? Oh, you name it. Lindsay, I have Rey, I have Ahsoka, nice. the Falcon, Phasma. What else do I have? Inferno Squad, um... I have a whole bunch, but mostly Ray. Ray, I, I have to say, is my favorite. As much as I love Leia, I don't have a Leia tattoo yet. So you and I are going to have to Fair swap enough. some photos after this. <laughs> so this way, I can get yeah. I was
2: going to do my whole back Star Wars themed, but I, I don't know. I flip back and forth between tattoos so often. I have quite a few tattoos, but um. I think I think Leia deserves deserves her, her own, you know. And I, and like I also love that it's Carrie. No, yeah. <laughs> did we? I think
0: we did. We yeah. did. All right. All right. Agreed. Brandon, you can sign off.
1: Okay. Bye, guys. It's, it's been fun.
0: <laughs> you just you just record. <laughs> we'll talk talk to you in an hour. It'll uh, be
1: great. I mean, honestly, it probably would be better than having me on here, but you guys are stuck with oh, me, so not here it saying is. That. <laughs> No, um, it's gonna be a good time and you guys know if you've been listening for a while Leia is one of my favorite characters as well and uh, I also as she should be yeah obviously um, I actually have a uh, picture of Leia as my wallpaper on my phone that I want to get tattooed on me but I Have to decide how long I want to stay married before I let that happen Um, because she's flipping (laughs) double birds and I kind of want to get it without saying anything, but then, you know, marriage. But um, so that's that. Uh, But we'll see. Eventually, I'm going to get these Star Wars tattoos that I keep talking of. Maybe it'll be Leia. It'll definitely be Ahsoka, but they're going to be awesome nonetheless. And with that in mind, with thinking about just, like, fandom and everything, Pris, like, tell us about your, just the, the 5,000 foot view of your Star Wars journey. What? Did, how did you get into it? What attracted you to Star Wars, and what has kept you uh, here?
2: So, the truth full story is that i was a kid and i got stuck in like one of my like my one of my parental units uh friend's house for like a night or something and the only thing i had to do was watch vhs's i think i was five or six and there was all these ones with the galaxy on it and it was all spacey and it looked cool and i stuck a new hope in the vhs machine and uh my eyes stayed glued to the tv for the next like However many hours it took me to get through the original trilogy and, uh, the prequels.
1: So you, no joke, you watched all of them in one sitting?
2: Yeah. Like it was, I was, I, I, it was the latest I had ever stayed up. Like, and that was, I so I was probably still right the now. latest. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the latest. I, I was, I think I was six. Um, I had technically seen Revenge of the Sith in theaters, but I had no idea what was going on. And, um, yeah, that's, I just, I loved it ever since. Um, then I grew up watching The Clone Wars, and I absolutely loved Ahsoka and Anakin and just everything going on with that. Um, my favorite character was Leia from the start, I think just the original trilogy pulled me in. I love the sequels, I love the prequels, but it'll forever be my, my fave. And, um, I don't know, I think I go through phases every, like, two to three years where I become re-obsessed with Star Wars, where it becomes, like, the only thing I think of. And, um, so I've always just, like, really loved Star Wars, I loved reading Legends book. now I love the canon books, um... But the pandemic definitely uh, reignited one of those phases, and I actually joined Star Wars Twitter, and I started writing articles, and that's kind of how it spiraled into this thing. And now I've been on a bunch of podcasts, and it's kind of wild.
1: Yeah, it just kind of... Well, welcome. One one step leads to another, (laughs) real quickly.
0: Your story is so, like, one after my own heart. And (laughs) I, I I was already excited to talk to you tonight, now even more so. Um, But that's, that's awesome. I feel like those kind of stories where, you know, you're just a kid, you have no idea what you're about to get into, and all of a sudden your life is forever changed. Those are like the the most true to Star Wars as you can be.
2: I'm notorious in my family for like being the person who likes Star Wars. Um, My including in my fiance's family. um, My fiance's sister, his older sister, uh, she went to Disney once and was given a coin because she was pregnant at the time and they were like, good luck with your baby, here's a coin. And it was a Star Wars coin and the minute she said that at the dinner table, everyone turned to me. (laughs) (laughs) Story had nothing to do with me, but they said Star Wars and everyone looked. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of who I am as a person. See, I... I'm that
0: person in my family, but to the point where I have made my nephews, the Brandon's of my family, because I know that thanks to me, they'll never remember their first time watching star Wars. You know, they're, they're five and six. And now it's like at least once a month, we just sit down the three of us and we watch star Wars together. So we did it on Saturday, this past Saturday. And then we went down. My brother lives like, you know, half a block away from me. So we go down to my brother's for dinner and they're sitting there and they're like, Uncle Robbie, how come you don't like Star Wars? And he goes, no, I, I do. It's just I don't like it as much as Aunt Lindsay. And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> what about, you know, what about Mommy? What about Aunt Cindy? What about Mom, Mom and Pop Pop? And finally, me and my brother were like, look. Everyone likes Star Wars. This isn't this isn't something people don't like. It's just no one likes it as much as me. <laughs> so finally, my That's brother was hilarious. like, your aunt's a weirdo. Just trust me on this. She takes it too far, but everyone likes Star Wars.
1: Everyone likes Star Wars. And Star Wars makes lots of money. Everyone likes Star Wars, and they're gonna make more. I'd like to ask a very important question on this show, and it, uh... It really it really matters what you answer, so I want you to really make sure you take a second to answer this. The question is, what are you Star Warsing right now?
2: What am I Star Warsing right now? Hmm. Honestly, it's really funny. Mostly I'm just talking about Star Wars right now, but I'm very excited for Bad Batch.
0: Yes! Uh, Yes,
2: yes, yes. I also have the High Republic books on my list for books this year. I just, I kind of want to wait until more of them come out so I can just like mass consume them in like one week. Um, (laughs) I actually really respect that approach. I just get really antsy with books when they, like, I don't like waiting. Sometimes I will wait for entire like trilogies to come out before I start reading them and and then I just consume them like a crazy woman you know I just it's the best way I don't think it's that crazy though because I blame Netflix
0: and Hulu and all that because now I'm used to just like look I'm willing to dedicate one entire day or an entire weekend to all of this. I don't want to yeah. sit here and wait eight months. Like one, it's the hockey fan in me too. It's the, the Netflix binge watch.
2: Well, it's also like, I don't know. It's more cohesive and it's easier to remember all the little teeny tiny details, which makes the books more enjoyable. If you've like, they're really, really fresh in your head.
1: But also, if you do what I do because I'm a real crazy person and before the next book in a series comes you out you reread it I, again mhm yeah um, I just I have a I problem. already have
2: to read so many books and reread so many books for school that sometimes because I'm an English major that sometimes I'm like mm-hmm, I don't want to reread a book that I had a good time <laughs> reading You know, I'm going to read it a second time and I'm going to overanalyze it and I'm
0: good I feel like there's a happy medium, and for the first time ever in my life, maybe I'm the happy medium, <laughs> and it does not bode well for either. of
1: yeah. <laughs> I think the cool thing about the, the High Republic, though, or at least the impression that I get, is that each like release is going to be centered around a particular like, step in the whole High Republic journey, you know, because, like, each time they're coming out with the, the adult novel, the middle grade novel, and the YA novel, and so, like, having read all three, they all kind of happen around the exact same moment, basically, and so I'm hoping, like, the next one release where they're gonna do the same three style books is kind of like that too because then you can get really entrenched in it and you're like oh like there's there's references in um uh into the dark that like i wouldn't have gotten if i didn't read light of the jedi and stuff like that and it just adds a lot of context so it'll be cool if you read like because are you going to read the the ya books in the, the younger readers or you stick yeah with just i the think the so they're worth it it'll be a good uh just like Over overwhelming amount of Star Wars content, but I think you'll also really enjoy it because, like each of the books, the the adult novel is more galactic spanning. uh, But you know, as you, I guess, honestly, like as you go down age group, the stories get tinier and tinier. But also, they're all extremely enjoyable. I don't
2: think like young adult as a genre is really as i don't know it just depends on who's writing it and what because sometimes it's literally the exact same as like a normal quote-unquote adult book the only difference is there's like nothing too graphic or like nsfw but sometimes young adult books are very different it just depends uh, i'd actually have to say it really depends
0: on the author because yeah.
2: you and i have had this conversation before
0: too on don't burn the sacred text where you know i i if you were to take a Claudia Gray young adult novel or Beth Revis and put it up against a quote unquote regular novel in the Star Wars canon, it's not so much how they deal with subject matter. It's the specific subject matter that they deal with. And some of, you know, being some of those changes and whatnot, I feel like sometimes the young adult stuff is more mature than a lot of the regular you know new york times bestseller novels
2: i agree
1: well and if delilah dawson has taught us anything it's that ya novels can be very graphic uh and she
0: has taught us a lot let's be very clear (laughs) (laughs) love that
1: um but yeah see it's kind of not to go off on this tirade but this feels like the appropriate audience to say it to like the they just happen on a different side of the, you know, spectrum of life. YA novels are so centered around, you know, coming of age. And yeah. and I feel like, especially in Star Wars, a lot of the adult novels are more about, like, dealing with those demons from growing up and dealing with yeah. the trauma of the past and stuff like that. And that's definitely something that's being brought into High Republic, so. Fair so we're going to take a break let you guys go over to patreon and put your donation there and then we will be right back after this governor tuck i should have expected to find you holding vader's leash i recognized your foul stench when i was brought on board a little short for a stormtrooper. this is some rescue into the garbage chute, flyboy. will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way nothing you're braver than i thought i just assumed as a wookie i don't know where you get your delusions laser brain why you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder
2: you shouldn't have to do this to impress me it would help if i got out and pushed
0: captain being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited someday you're going to be wrong and i just want to see it I am
1: not a we are back and we are going to be talking about leia on this episode because what else could we talk about with uh, the three of us on the show, three huge exactly. Leia fans? So yeah, Right. Well <laughs> yeah. Uh we could, really we could talk about any of them. I love them all. <laughs> like honestly, the women of Star Wars are the best. Like,
2: I agree. I'm so glad you agree, because any other response would be incorrect. <laughs>
1: a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. This is some rescue! What the hell are you doing? Somebody has to save our skins. You know, I could have ordered you to take me along.
0: You don't exactly outrank me anymore.
1: In my book, experience outranks everything.
0: (laughs) Hmm. then I definitely outrank you.
1: Electrical overload. I can fix that. Coolant's leaking. Try transferring auxiliary power the to secondary, secondary tank. tank. I got it. When you think about Leia, what three words come to mind for you? And Pris, I'm going to have you answer that question first.
2: Um, I would say strength, hope, and... <laughs> I would either say perseverance or rebellious.
1: Okay. Three good words. Technically four, but four. three good words. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> what about you? What are your three words?
0: Um, I mean, I feel like rebel is the first one to come to mind, not just because it was the last thing said, but it seems like an easy grab. Um strong-willed and
2: persistent
1: okay mine would be bravery courage and hope
2: yeah um my back actually says rebel but i i guess i almost got hope i was stuck between those two
0: no 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 but i'm going to make you pick another one because to me brave and courageous same exact thing pick another one
1: no, no 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 no. No no no. Because Yes, yes, yes. Because bravery is being on the front lines, is being the one leading from the front for me, whereas courage is about keeping moral character.
2: Um so I'm an English major, so I'm going to um <laughs> Bravery is literally. I haven't googled this, so you can google this and tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure the definition of bravery is literally to act courageously. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! No, I'm just gonna google it. You okay, have, wait.
1: I thought welcome I'm,
2: on this show anytime. I
1: wait, are you ready? The definition here. of
2: bravery. The definition of bravery is courageous behavior or character.
1: Uh, I thought without Drew on here, I'd be, you know, uh, wouldn't so have to deal with this. Right now. All right. I'm um, so
0: happy right now. I'm an English major. No, no, no. I had to. You, you are welcome anytime on this show.
1: <laughs> All right. um See now. Now I want to pick something that you guys didn't pick, but you guys pick such good ones. Uh, bravery slash courage slash...
0: no.
2: None of us said beauty.
0: Ooh. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Be the guy in the show who picks the physical characteristic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say heart. Fair. Boom. Internal characteristic, Lindsay. Mm.
2: Actually, I mean... I was gonna say, she does physically have a heart that is a physical
1: characteristic,
2: but I get what you mean. Heart- now I'm just being difficult.
1: Heartfulnessiness, okay? <laughs> there.
2: Now I'm just being difficult.
1: <laughs> you, it wouldn't be Clashing Sabers if uh, we weren't difficult, so it's all good. Um, yeah, like there's so many things to define Leia. Uh, yeah, there's
2: so many awesome characteristics yeah. of her. Yeah.
1: Like she really is, the the epitome of like what a hero really should be. You know, as I much agree. as we, as we you know praise characters like Rey and like Ahsoka and like Luke. Luke, like, I feel like those characters, whether we realize it or not, are judged in comparison to leia because leia was was the og she was the trendsetter not just for for star wars uh but for for cinema overall
2: oh yeah i agree i mean if you look at the types of characters that um were around like in the late 70s like early 80s women kind of had only a few options i mean you were either like oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. You were the damsel in distress. You were a mother. Or occasionally you were a very masculine um like tough woman but there was no femininity allowed there was no it could have been a character that could have just easily been replaced by a man there was no really feminine features they just happened to cast a woman and that's what i really appreciate about leia is that she's still this feminine character that wears these beautiful outfits and does her hair and makeup but she can kick some butt and that's what i'm here for
1: yeah i mean like and and it that trend of, you know, having masculine women, you know, continued on. Because, like, if you look at, like, Sarah Connor, like, that's... To me, that yeah. would be, like, the ultimate. And I love Terminator. But, uh you know, she definitely could just be... She, she's there because Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't play both roles kind of thing, you know? Like, we couldn't get... We have to have, you know, a a mother in there because, yeah. you know, we have to have John Connor. And for for Leia, you know... She defied those stereotypes at all. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's
2: nothing wrong with like being a super tough masculine woman or being a damsel in distress, but it's tiresome when those are the only options you get when in reality, real life women are usually a mix of both.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. And like, when you, when your hero's introduction to the, the character or to the person is, you know, her as a damsel in distress and he goes to save her and then she ends up having to save them. Like it's, it's a powerful message. It's one that I still teach to my students today. You know, it's like they Luke goes in there, you know, literally, you know, with armor on going to be the, the white knight in shining armor. And, you know, they end up in the trash compactor and, you know, that's when Luke realizes like, he's not, you know, going to be the one to, do this all on his own. He needs the help. He needs characters like Leia and like 3PO and things, characters that people would look past, you know, because they're unassuming. Um, and, you know, that's a, but a de- death and But not just assuming though.
0: And, and I don't mean this as any sort of a jab because B, I know how much Luke means to you. And obviously how much Luke means to so many other fans. I'm not trying to downplay or dis Luke at all here. Yeah. But what I find interesting is, you know, you as, as we're talking about Leia's characteristics, there's the, the, I guess, the screenwriting tactic of you should be able to list these qualities about a strong character and not guess their gender. And when you do that with Leia, it's so obvious. But when you do that with Luke, it's the same. If you were to sit there and list Luke's qualities specifically in A New Hope, I think most people would blindly assume he was the female character and Leia was the male character. And maybe that's why Leia kind of, yeah, maybe that's why she, she ranked so strongly with so many people in the late seventies and why she has had the trajectory she has is not just because, okay, here's a strong woman. It's here's a strong woman in comparison to what we know as a strong man, but on paper, is not a strong man. And it's so easy to see those role reversals.
2: I agree.
1: And even looking at her in comparison to Han, you know, Han is the, you know, machismo stereotype of a suave, cool scoundrel. Yeah. Like externally, he's very like, you know, I'm a man's man. And it's like Harrison Ford and all of this stuff. And, you know, putting her, you know, him next to, to, little Carrie Fisher you know is it sets quite the the contrast and really sets you off your guard Han
2: brings out the woman in Leia and Luke brings out the tough gal in Leia and I think it's a really good um kind of uh all-encompassing dynamic That she's able to like, you know, be be flirty and grumpy, but kind of kind of interested in this guy. And she's also saving this guy that eventually uh, like we find out is her brother. Like it's it's really it's a really interesting dynamic. It shows like, hey, um, she's really more than just a a character on a page. Like it really brings her to life.
1: And there's never a moment that you question, you know, if she's going to fall into stereotypes you know like you you never like just to set Not the pair she's
0: gonna fall into stereotypes though because again like we mentioned before you know alien we have ripley like she doesn't fall into stereotypes but but she has no way it doesn't yeah. yeah she's still feminine you know she she still is all-encompassing there's no is she gonna fall into the the stereotypical you know macho woman or feminine woman like it's she she has that line perfect
1: well but also with with leia and you know i i I will admit i haven't seen alien so i can't speak to that but with leia in particular you put her in the stereotype positions at different times in the trilogy you put her as the damsel in distress in a new hope and she defies that you put her as the love interest in empire strikes back and it doesn't, it adds to her character. It doesn't take away from her character. You know, um, you, you put her in these positions where it would be really easy for her to just, you know, fall to the wayside in favor of, you know, the cool character that everybody likes in Han Solo or the hero of your story in Luke Skywalker. But like, Chris, like you pointed out, like, without leia that dynamic doesn't work
2: it's ruined like uh, i saw a um a breakdown of how star wars would go if leia wasn't such a major character and it was like no one would have enjoyed these films nearly as much as they did for so many reasons like they needed a woman in in the main three um just to like bring balance to bring in a female audience as well not that women don't like movies that are starring all men but it just you know I mean, like, let's be realistic. It it feels like you have no representation in a way. And just like the comedic aspects and just all the different aspects of her being a political character and um, her not necessarily um, being so Jedi centric, but also having those subtle hints is is just really, um, I don't know, it really brought together the films, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean. It's why I think you know when Lucas came out later and said like Leia was the the hero of everything like fandom didn't really blink an eye we were kind of like mm, yeah and obviously um, because she was really effectively used in the uh, the original trilogy so let's let's delve a little bit more into that and and what in particular we've kind of touched on a little bit of this but what in particular makes her effective not just as a character, but in the story overall?
0: I mean, I'll jump in here. It's, at least to me, you know, again, being someone who, nine years old when I first saw Star Wars, the prequels were just coming out, so I really grew up more so with the prequels than I did Leia, and now having the sequels under my belt as well. It's that to me... Leia never had to be the center of attention and that's where she gets her strength from. She is the strongest character in, in star Wars because of the way that she sees the strengths in other people. And she adapts herself to help bring that out in others. And I think that is so rare to get to see in a character male or female but just because of the longevity, you know, typically when we have an interesting story, we have two hours to sit with it. We have 350 pages to sit with it. We have one or two seasons to sit with it. Leia, we get to see over the course of how many movies and books and comic books, but we get to see her interact with all these different characters and realize so quickly what they bring to the table. And she never cheapens herself, she never lessens herself, but she's able to say, okay, what what about me can draw this out in another character, in another person, and strengthen the story that way? So I, I personally always really resonate that with Leia, more so than she is this, she is that, it's here's what she brings out in everyone else.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful to see um, the aspects of Leia that are so prevalent in Ben. In, in Rey, I mean, even in Luke, the way, and Han, the way she kind of, her presence changes them. Um, I just think it's really cool. You can kind of, you can you can feel the Leia in everyone else. Which is something I can't say about every character, but I definitely feel it with Leia. I think that's my new favorite saying. You can feel the Leia in everyone else. <laughs> I like that.
1: I I think, like, luke and we'll get into this more with the sequels but like luke becomes like a legend whereas leia is that real tangible person you know that you could meet and connect with
0: yeah I agree. yeah. it's like there's people there's people who do things for glory and then there's people who do things because it's what has to be done leia does things because it has to be done it doesn't matter what attention she gets from it It doesn't matter if it's something she wants to do or not. It's just pragmatic. And that's Leia.
1: And right from the get-go, too. Like, her first, you know, big character scene that we get is her facing down Darth Vader. And, like, not blinking an eye. Yeah, I mean,
2: she's going through like so much trauma and pain in in that moment, and she's literally just like not. She will not let someone get to her in such a, a cruel way. She's not. She's not going to show them her weakness.
1: Yeah, I mean, we get the same thing later with Tarkin. You know, like, yeah, she she reacts to Alderon blowing up, and of course, you know, the movie. We don't spend a lot of time with her after that, but. She reacts, but she doesn't break. She doesn't break exactly. down. She you know, and then of course there's the the whole like, oh, you know, Luke lost a wizard that he'd known for a couple hours and Leia lost her whole planet. But like the fact that and and we talked about this on another episode, but the fact that she is a character who literally her entire life is shattered to pieces. Like Luke's life In moments. In moments, Luke's life falls apart. Right. Like he loses his aunt and uncle and, you know, the the world that he's known. But he is going into something that he's wanted for a while now. And he has His a life def-
2: wasn't that great to begin with. Yes. I mean, Le- like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Leia's life was wonderful. I mean, I, I like based on everything I've read, like, I'd like to believe that Bale and Breha were like absolutely wonderful parents and both in legends and in canon like leia had such great friends um on alderaan like i just she lost everything luke lost the life he didn't want from the get-go and he deserved better anyway
1: yeah and i mean even even in situations where leia you know uh maybe felt unloved or lost people like leia princess of alderaan really goes into this a little bit more like it starts out with her feeling like uh Bale and briha are pushing her away and not loving her and you know then you come to find out they're protecting her from from the rebellion and stuff and yeah she loses she loses someone important there but then you also get to see her gain friendships like haldo and some other characters in that book and you get to see even afterwards in bloodline like you get to see her making friends with people that she shouldn't be almost you know like they the Haldo in Last Jedi and the Haldo in Leia Princess of Alderaan are two very different characters they are in two very different places in their life so you know you can accept it but a princess should not be hanging out with this quirky weirdo and this senator who is you know um the the hero of the rebellion shouldn't be hanging out with this guy who collects imperial, you know, memorabilia. Uh, and yet she does. Like she yeah. never she never looks at somebody based off of, you know, their outward appearance, their skin, their species, their she always like She gets mad at Ransom when she walks into the room because she feels, you know, disrespected and feels like he doesn't understand because he wasn't there. But then she's also open to having the conversation about why that hurt her, you know, and why she feels like he's misinterpreting what really happened in history there. And, like, hell, that's conversations that we don't have often enough now, you know? Like, uh, just to be, you know, straight up, like, with everything that's happening right now, like... Hate against Asians, you know, like we don't talk about the internment camps that we put them in because it's an uncomfortable conversation for us to have.
2: Exactly. But I
1: feel like Lay would be like, "No, we need to have that uncomfortable yeah. conversation," and that's something to me that is just like, I, as someone who doesn't like to have uncomfortable conversations, I'm like, I want to be able to do that more. And and it's not that she doesn't think she's not going to hurt, or she. It's not that she goes into it thinking she needs to necessarily prove or beat her, you know, the other side, it's coming to an understanding. And that's a very real thing that we don't often get with, you know, our big lightsaber swinging heroes. Exactly. Uh, that said, at least in, in terms of the storytelling at the very least, we can also kind of go into her character too. What flaws do you feel like there are in her story? Cause there's no story that's perfect. And Leia's is about as close as it comes. So, especially in the original trilogy in particular, where do you think the flaws lie in either the storytelling or in her character development?
2: I don't? I mean, I don't <laughs> love... I okay, 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 let's be real. I don't love that she got stuck in this little tiny bikini, but I do love that she kills him for it, you know? But that's the only thing that I can really think of that comes to mind. When it comes to the Hutt original Slayer trilogy. forever, first of all. <laughs> I also I had a great
0: sticker that said Hut Slayer, but too many people thought it said butt slayer. So let's <laughs> that down. Oh my gosh. And now I'm three, so you can take it out if you need. <laughs> but my My thing is I'm not sure if it's so much that it's ever been a character flaw with Leia, or that it's character flaws with the fact that she was a 19 year old girl, you know, and, and I think if you were to sit here and say on paper, okay, here are the issues with Leia, you know, she is stubborn. She is hard-headed, She is mean. She's, you know, all, all these flaws. I don't think they're character flaws. I think it's She's a young woman yeah, when lipstick. we first meet her. Yeah. Like that's, 20, that's not I'm necessarily mean. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I remember I I guess I was, you know, 23, 24 and I got this performance review at work and I remember walking out of my office and calling my mom and I hysterically hysterically was laughing. And I go, mom, all of those things you used to yell at me for, it turns out they're my greatest strengths. Because now I'm sitting here and people are paying me because I don't take no for an answer. Because I argue with people every single time I think something is wrong, you know? And and I think that's Leia. All of the things, if you were to look at the original trilogy and you were to say, here are character flaws they're not really flaws because by the time we see her again in the sequels she's turned all of those into her strengths and she's learned okay yeah I'm hard-headed but as long as I have this moral compass I can make this work and I'm being hard-headed for the right reasons so it's it's tough for me to say here's Leia's character flaws when it's Again, I can't stress this enough. It's a 19-year-old girl. She's learning what her strengths and weaknesses are, and she's able to turn them into 100% strength. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I so. I agree.
1: I think you you are both 100%. percent i and I that. don't think
2: I could handle. Yeah, I don't think I could handle like 85% of it. Like I've handled a lot of like. Um, I, for example, don't have the um like the brightest. I don't want to say brightest, the most, um, I can't think of a word. I'm an English major. I should know words. Um, I have a like dark, like, like childhood, like life background. And even I don't like think I wouldn't have handled, um, a lot of the things that Leia handled with such grace. Obviously I'm not a fictional character, but like she is 19 and I think that's really, important to consider I think we often forget that because she is so mature
1: yeah and at the same time you know just to play devil's advocate purely just to play devil's advocate she doesn't Mm -hmm. she, she does kind of bury things a little in a new hope and you know like she pushes things off to the side and doesn't really deal with we never really see her deal with that trauma on screen you know like she goes through a lot and we don't see her dealing with it and we we get moments like that in like the comics and and in bloodline we get a little bit of it so like to be fair it's there but if there was anything and i'm like getting like gymnastics level flexible with this i would say you know as far as like the story just because of how important she became to to the saga as a whole. Um, not getting to see her deal with some of that trauma in a more realistic way is something that I always kind of yeah. wonder about. You but, know, I mean,
0: God bless you know the Claudia Greys of the world, and even in um oh my god, I can't exactly. believe I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, there's there's a great comic book. Um, right after. Return the Jedi. What am Shattered I Shattered Empire? Of? Yeah. The yeah. one that came and out with Force Awakens? She goes off with Shira Bay and everything. Yeah. No, that's the you Leo know, comic. We, we get to see a lot more of those struggles. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah.
1: Shira I Bay's know. the, the <laughs> yeah. Shattered Empire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah that's it's, There we go. So yeah. we get to see that and, and we get to understand that a little bit more. But I don't know. Look, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. I don't know if this is on the agenda because you know me, I never really look. Um, I'm, I'm along for the ride. But I think this is an important place to make a distinction right now between, and this is almost impossible to do at this point, you know, 40 years later, there's a distinction to be made between Leia and Carrie Fisher. Because when you think Carrie Fisher, you think all of the things Leia is supposed to be. And it is so hard for me as a grown adult to sit here and say, here's Leia's strengths, here's Leia's weaknesses, here are Carrie's strengths, here are Carrie's weaknesses, because to me, they are one in the same. You know, when you think Leia, you think Carrie Fisher, and are she was very such a similar. strong, important woman. Yeah, they they really are, for for all the best reasons. You know, Carrie was Don't get me wrong, there are obviously feminine, like... Yeah. Yeah. There are
2: subtle differences. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there are very subtle differences. I've read, like, I love Carrie. (laughs) I've read a lot Mm -hmm. of, um, I've read most of her books. And, um, like, there are definitely qualities about Leia and Carrie that are very different. But ultimately, like, I think that Carrie. And all of the writers kind of molded Leia to Carrie's personality. and um, that's, that's always why. the impression I got as well, yeah.
1: Well, and I think if Leia had lived in our world, she would have been, if not Carrie to a T, she would have been very similar. You yeah, know? she would have because,
2: flicked everyone off too. Oh know.
1: yeah, 100%. But, like, you think, like, Carrie growing up in, in basically a royal family in Hollywood, you know, like, Leia growing up in a royal exactly. family. Like, you know, Leia has things that she, you know, maybe hasn't dealt with. Carrie definitely had things that she didn't deal with for a long time. But when but when she's able to take those those struggles, and this is, you know, why things like the comics and the books and stuff are so important. When we get to see her considering those struggles and considering... The impact that the, you know, the war uh, has both internally and externally. Those are really powerful, powerful moments um, to be able to have. And, and you know, we don't have that time on screen. You know, like I, I talked about it on our grief episode, how, you know, she gets back with the Death Star plans and she's just like, there's no time for our sorrows. And then you never hear about it again. That's it's a, a flaw in the plot. Not necessarily even a flaw in the plot. It is a plot element that just kind of has to exist because you have two hours instead of you know the the Snyder cut of it all or whatever, um, yeah. and so we we have to you know look at it through that lens and accept it through that lens. And at the same time, like we talk about Star World Star Wars as this religious, almost, you know, real world kind of event that happened. And so we look at it through that lens too. So it's a, it's a fine balance that exists there, um, between, you know, reality and story and how far we go, um, in each one and what we're willing to accept in each one. But that's why, ancillary materials like that are so important because we get more of those themes and ideas of the character that maybe we weren't able to get on screen like the Hut Slayer thing and stuff like that. So with that in mind, looking at the original trilogy, uh, what would you say are the major themes or ideas that are being conveyed through Leia's story?
2: I mean, I would definitely say like, like, hope and resilience and and fighting for what's right regardless of the consequences
1: Yeah I like that I, I would even put a twist on that and say fighting for what you believe in.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, like because
0: you know what I think is the most interesting with Leia though? Because I completely agree the the regardless of the consequences, but to me there's this Misconception that consequences is a bad thing, and it's not. Well, I'm more. I'm more so about the
2: consequences of losing.
0: Of of losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I completely get that, and I completely agree. But where Leia takes it even a step further is she doesn't care about the consequences when they're good. She doesn't care about the glory of it all. She doesn't care about the power or the recognition she's going to get. Whereas sometimes you feel like, you know, Luke, when he's sitting there talking about, you know, this master Jedi and this master warrior and Yoda yeah. said, Yoda has to remind him wars do not make one great. Leia never seems to have that. Leia doesn't seem to yeah. care about titles or recognition. So when we say Leia doesn't care about consequences, you are 100% correct. But she also <laughs> doesn't care about good consequences she is in no way self-serving or there to make herself seem better and what's interesting to me too is maybe that wouldn't have been the case if alderaan survived if she still was trying to impress her parents and her people and gain influence over this entire planet maybe we would never know that side of leia But the fact is, she has no one left to impress, and she still does the right thing anyway.
2: Well, but I think Bale also, like, in theory, could have done everything, and he still went behind so many people who trusted him back for the sake of the rebellion.
1: He did, and... I think Leia is like the balance. He didn't
2: want to lose all, but I think they were, yeah.
1: Like, Bale is very much on the like all about the rebellion side, like everything into it, you know, basically consequences be damned, but be they positive or negative. And Briha is, she has that heart too, but also she has a little bit more of the realizing the public face at least that's the impression that I get is that yeah. she understands the role you have to play whereas bail i mean bail is bail you know like you you yeah. know what you're getting there's nobody in the at least my interpretation my understanding of it there's nobody in the senate who doesn't know that like bale's part of the rebellion kind of thing whereas you know briha's over here you know on alderaan and she's being this queen but in the the moments that we get with her and leia you know on their own we get this very real human side of things and you look at leia and you see that too
2: Yeah, I think in the early phases, no one had any idea, like, when Padme was alive. But after Padme's death and, like, him getting to take over and, like, raise Leia and all that stuff, I think he kind of just said, like, screw this. (laughs) And he went full throttle.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so, for sure. And, I mean, we get moments like that, like, in the Ahsoka novel with him, like, reflecting on how he, you know, understands that he's putting himself at risk, but he's doing it because it's what's best for Leia and stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's so interesting with how the twins were split because, you know, Leia gets this this life of luxury and Luke gets this basically hard-knock life and yet Luke comes out the the whiny, complainy one and Leia's the one that's willing to jump into the trash compactor because it's what you have to do, you know? And it's, it's just exactly. an interesting look at, like, nature versus nurture. And, I mean, even when you look at, you know, talking about, you know, Luke and Leia and kind of the idea of heroes and stuff, and Luke becomes this mythical figure, whereas Leia is, you know, when we move to the sequels, is really grounded. And when you look at, like, Mm -hmm. the, the entrance of Luke in The Mandalorian versus the entrance of Leia in The Force Awakens... They could not be more different. For two characters that are so that are brother and sister that are twins, you have Luke, you know, coming in as this hero and in this awesome scene, and Leia just walks off the ship in, you know, a jumpsuit that, you know, she probably just grabbed from the car mechanic down the road. And it's not to say one is better than the other. It's just a really interesting contrast and it's a really interesting look at how Leia has changed when we get to the sequels, but she's still the same person.
2: Yeah, and um, I love the sequels, don't get me wrong, but I definitely see more character flaws than, like, flaws in the way Leia's portrayed in the sequels than in the original trilogy and i think it's just because we've had all of these images of leia based on novels and comics and and just our own interpretation over all this time and it's hard to be told that things might be not exactly as we pictured them like what
0: though yeah i was gonna say i'm just
2: curious you know
0: when when you say you see more flaws in the sequels what are some of those flaws
2: I think more so, like, relationship dynamics weren't as expected for at least me, and I think a lot of other fans, like, had, um, like, similar views, just, I think it's one of those things, so I'm one of those people that, like, likes the sequels, but, like, also read Legends and, like, enjoyed Legends, so I think we had this, I think a lot of uh, fans had an image of, like, maybe Leia and Han's relationship, or, like, how it would be with their children, and the sequels definitely, um, like, went a different path, necessarily, than like what we expected so Leia as a character was still the same but i think her journey was was not what i anticipated
1: the the han and leia not being together thing is the one thing that really shook me when we got to force away that's
2: yeah like yeah that's what i mean like they're like the relationship dynamics were not things that i expected
1: yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Like, I feel like it would have been a better. It, I think it would have been a better storyline if Leia and Han had stayed together even after Ben's fall. Um, I think having you know their child be the you know air quotes villain that you start off the story with is. It's, it's a good idea. I think it works well. And, I, you know, that's also something that happened in Legends and stuff like that. And
2: Yeah, I agree. You
1: have to have, as much as Star Wars is about hope and is about perseverance and, you know, goodness and all of that stuff, like, Star Wars is tragedy. Like, you can't deny that. It's, it's a continual cycle of, you know, tragedy and then having hope to make Are it through sure? that tragedy. you I
2: can't deny it?
1: You cannot. I'm not going to really allow it.
2: Really trying to. They took <laughs> Ben Solo from us, but I still have hope.
1: <laughs> I mean, okay, yes, Th- that that's a, r- a writing decision, not a tragedy.
2: Tragedy. I'm denying that tragedy. <laughs>
1: the world between worlds is still a thing. We have hope. I know.
2: I'm um,
1: hoping. <laughs> but but like it it is so full of tragedy, uh, you know, and um so that's an important aspect to have in it because I think what makes star Wars different than a lot of other things we get is we get to see our characters dealing with this these repeated tragedies, you know, like all our big characters go through multiple things that just shake their, their reality and create a complete paradigm shift. And, you know, Leia's definitely happens between you know, well, in A New Hope, of course. Uh, and then, you know, between, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And I do think it would have been a better storyline to have them together through that. And I think that, like, maybe Lucasfilm realized that after the movie, because when you go to books like Bloodline, yeah. you have them living, you know, these two separate lives, but also being together. And I am like, why not do that on screen? But...
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: It's, it's hard when you're telling a story about the next generation coming up and learning from the good of the heroes before, but also not making the same mistakes that they made, you kind of have to have these flaws built in um, to them. It's hard
2: to balance like not making the story all about the characters of the past while Mm -hmm. also not taking away from the past.
1: Yeah. It's like, to me, the epitome of that is the, the Luke and Leia scene in Last Jedi, where uh, Leia gives up hope and says her son is, is gone, and then Luke says no one's ever really gone. It's like, we really needed that line of no one's ever really gone. We really needed I that agree. moment of them together. But also, the idea that Leia gave up hope on her son is trash, like that's the one thing about Last Jedi I just really don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So like- I am. Um,
2: I actually like Luke's characterization in the Last Jedi a little bit more than I like Leia's, in the sense of like I actually, I don't know. I know a lot of people had a problem with Luke in the Last Jedi, but to me it um it kind of made sense because Luke wasn't this like perfect. Character, He was kind of like thrown into everything and he was like, I'm just going to make the best out of what I've got. But he wasn't this like big, macho, muscular, tough guy hero that I think uh, uh like I think Legends kind of painted a picture of. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the flaws being shown in in Luke's character in The Last Jedi. But some of the flaws with like Ben and Leia's relationship shown um, to me just didn't seem very very Leia-esque, if that makes any sense. I don't know, maybe Han got the best of her.
1: Well, I do think, like, you could have played that scene out without Leia giving up hope. Like, you could have had Luke come in and you know, Leia say something to the nature of you know, you're here to save him. And then Luke, you know, saying his, "You, you can't, I can't save him, you know, I'm not the one or whatever he says. And her being like, I'll never give up hope. He's not gone. And then Luke says, "No one's ever really gone." And then hands the, like you well, have. Even like
2: even her saying like she's afraid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: See,
0: my thing was though. I I always saw it as almost a strength to Leia's character because to me, I never once thought she gave up on her son. I always thought she gave up what she personally wanted for what more people needed even though she personally wanted to save her son and she personally thought her son could be redeemed. She put all of that aside because it was in the greater good for her to put her personal wants aside.
2: Yeah, I get that. I wish they would have portrayed that more clearly. I guess that's my only thing. I really love the sequels, but I think there's some messages that get a little more lost and same with the prequels, in my opinion. Um, like
1: the the OT is definitely more black and white about what it's trying to convey, you know?
2: Yeah. It's definitely more clear in my, yeah.
1: Well, and you know, Lindsay, to what you were saying there about, you know, in that moment, it's the final moments. Like Leia thinks she's lost and that's when she gives up on her son. Like of all the times I feel like for Leia to give up on her son, that would be the least of them you know, I feel like that would be the moment where, like, she can say something to Luke, like, he can be the one. He can change things. He can, you know, stop this or whatever. And then it fits more seamlessly with Rise of Skywalker because we go to Rise of Skywalker and we have, which is an awesome moment and one that I'll never not be emotional about, is Leia reaching out to to Ben in her final moments, And you know,
2: I still... Think, I still think The Rise of Skywalker would have. I mean, I think we all agree that it would have been done differently had Carrie not passed. Like, I, I think they had something oh, bigger yeah. in store for Leia and Ben's relationship. Oh. Um, I think there was a lot of, like, huge, beautiful moments that unfortunately, like, we not only missed out on for the characters, but obviously we all miss Carrie very much um, just as a, a being on Earth. So I really wish. Um, that the rise of skywalker like had of played probably not the way duel of the fates or whatever that script is i don't even want (laughs) to i don't even want to go there but the actual plan that was originally put in place like i am curious to one day hear what it was maybe yeah i hope we get to
1: I, I kind of want to know and kind of don't because I also just really love the idea and kind of the ambiguity to her reaching out across the forest to Ben and that their life is their life forces are somehow attached together because, you know, she fades when he does. And so, like, I think there's, you know, as much as I would like Ben Solo to still be alive, there's a lot of poetic beauty to that. And, and... Oh,
2: yeah, I agree.
1: You know, but, yeah, it definitely would have been something really different. Um, And I... It's hard with Rise of Skywalker, and I've said this before, I feel like they did the absolute best that they could do with her. Yeah, I agree. But also, a lot of it feels hollow at times. Like... Her, you know, laying down. Yeah, like her laying down to her death is like it's somebody else doing that. You know, these the back of the head shots are, you know, and stuff like that. It's it's probably because we're looking at it as Star Wars fans and we're going in expecting it to be, you know, that shell that you're talking about. Um which which makes it hard. You know, and, and
2: it also is just such a sad like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm i one of those weird boats where, like, I love the characters from the sequels, and I love the sequel trilogy, and I'd like to say that I usually like The Rise of Skywalker, but I don't know. Uh, I, it depends on the day. It depends on the hour of the day. If you ask me if I like The Rise of Skywalker, I might say that I absolutely love it, and I might say I want it to burn. <laughs> Just depending on my mood. I want to get we, you on more but, of the uh, love it days. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think it's just because I love Carrie so much, and I'm also like I'm a Raylo, and I you know I've got all those things going for me that make that movie just kind of like it, it, I don't know. It just makes me a little sad, you know. It, it's it's definitely it's not as uplifting as I'd like it to be. I, I definitely like um, Ray's uh, progression and like how powerful she is, and there's a lot of really great movements m- movements moments, but. Um, yeah, um, I think, like, the loss of Carrie and, like, them choosing to, like, end Ben Solo, at least for now, um, makes it a little darker for me, for my taste.
1: Well, and I think you hit on something there without kind of directly saying it. And it's the idea of how intertwined Carrie and Leia became postmortem. Exactly, Like... I feel like there was a connection between them before, but before I liked Carrie and I liked Leia. Now I like Carrie slash Leia or Leia slash Carrie, you know, like there's that intertwined kind of thing. And then I've talked about it before, but like I lost my grandma around the same time that we lost Carrie. And so like, that's all mixed together. You know, and I, like, I have a, a General Leia shirt that I wore to her memorial, and so that you even tied it together. It's a weird mix that, like, I'm never going to sort through. it. I'm sure it's probably similar for you, um, if you want to talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, so, uh, my, um, I think, uh... Sorry, I'm like getting dates mixed up. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to look something up before I say something goofy.
1: Oh, um, don't worry, we do that all the time.
2: So, um, Carrie Fisher died a couple years before my grandma did, but they they were both like <laughs> weirdly. I was raised by my grandmother, and they were both like weirdly the two people in my life that I found like the most inspiring. And, um, they both died in, like, at, like, towards the end of the year. And, um, so, like, after, um, I believe the Rise of Skywalker came out either shortly after my grandmother died or, like, shortly after, like, the first anniversary, And I think just, like, all the emotions tied together of, like, losing Carrie and, like, we're also simultaneously losing Leia and, like, I also lost someone important to me. And then they also chose to have us lose Ben. I think all of it combined is the reason why I feel so, like, mixed about um, The Rise of Skywalker, but I mean I also feel very mixed about Rogue One. Rogue One's like probably my second favorite Star Wars movie, but like I avoid watching it sometimes because I don't want to violently sob. So, you know, it's okay. Star Wars just
1: It's uh, such a it's such a mix, like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah It's an
2: emotional roller coaster, and I think that's why we're all so like attached to Star Wars at the same time. Is that like I hate some of the things that Leia and Jin and Padme and Rey and Ahsoka had to go through but they're also the reason I feel so close to those characters is because I too have like gone through like like really difficult things you know what I mean so yeah. So we have to see their pain but at the same time sometimes it is I guess hard to watch
1: well and they're you know for me at least knowing That I can go back and visit Carrie, knowing that I can go back and visit Leia, and even knowing that Leia was able to do things after her physical death, that she was able to, you know, help bring her son back to the light even after she technically was, you know, dead, is really powerful for me with regards to, you know, carrying on the the legacy that my my grandma created and to living up to the expectations that she had for me of you know who she saw I could be and you know I think we kinda get that similar storyline there. So you have to have those hard moments. Like it's like the the light dark argument. Like you can't have light without dark because then you don't have context for it. So it just is and you don't value it.
2: Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, Um, I'm actually, it's really funny. One day I will release a book and you will remember this moment and you will be like, wow, that was that thing Chris was talking about one to five years ago. Um, But I have a book that I've like been kind of writing gradually, slowly, kind of just in the beginning stages of and like the whole premise of it. It's really funny the the main antagonist is is very ben solo inspired the main protagonist is not ray inspired i absolutely love ray but she's just a very different character but um they're essentially like the princess of light and the prince of darkness and like that's kind of the premise um in a super super general context and um and i think that's why like i don't know i think that's why Luke and Leia are so cool. And 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 obviously, like, Vader and Luke and, and Rey and Ben and the Dyad. Like, all of these moments, like, we need this kind of balance. And I think that's what Star Wars is really good with, is all these different character dynamics and balances between opposites. And um, just between characters in general. And Leia's a, a really big part of that. I think the thing with Leia, though, too, is
0: it's not even that she needs that foil. You know, whereas... Right needs the foil with Kylo. And Anakin needs the foil with Padme. Um, even, I think, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon really foil each other. Leia feels like such a complete character because she doesn't need specifically to say Leia is a complete character because of Han or because of Luke or anyone else. But I think it's just- she
2: completes everyone
0: that that's just it yeah that's absolutely just it it's not that everyone's okay on her her own and she rounds out everyone else yeah yeah yeah, no i get that yeah Uh,
1: And i think you know an epitome moment of that is when snoke says to ben or says to kylo you have your father's heart in you Because that heart doesn't get pulled out without Leia. So, like, everything comes back to her in one way or another. Like, yes, everything is so intertwined, it comes back to everybody. And that's kind of one of the cool things about Star Wars. But, like, Leia is this rock, this foundation uh, that everything and everyone is built on and i think part of the story of the prequels is the fact that padme is a very similar person is a very similar character but people don't listen to her and people do listen to leia you know like what padme says in the prequels like she's she's always right but people don't listen to her because they you know like push her to the side because she's young or she's female or whatever it may be you know they don't agree with her politics or she's too idealistic but then when we get to leia and especially leia in the sequels everybody listens to her everybody exactly con not conforms but everybody accepts that she is the standard upon which they should Face themselves, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think it's so cool to have Leia have Jedi training. I know that's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, you know, it kind of just got shoehorned in because people wanted it or whatever. But I do think it it really is nice to have her as a Jedi because she lives those ideals.
2: I, well, Carrie liked it. Oh, okay, this is, like, a really bad reason. But, like, I like it because Carrie liked it. And Carrie always would make these, like, snide remarks that were like, well, you know, I mean, I think Leia should have been able to to train, too. Um, Especially because as the sequels progress, it's very obvious that the Jedi are either not going to be around or they're not going to be in that same direction. It's not going to be the Jedi as they once were with Qui-Gon and with Obi-Wan and with all of these rules. It's it's going to be a very different thing. At least that's what I get out of the sequels. And I kind of really like the idea of Leia being part of the reason that the Jedi are going to be so different. And I think Rey is going to continue that that journey. But um, I absolutely... I don't know. I never I never had a problem with the idea of Leia being a Jedi because she doesn't have to be a Jedi. And it's very obvious that she doesn't. That's just need it. It. Yeah. It's yeah, just a Yeah, there's, something
0: there's that that an agency component wanted.
2: to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like
0: Luke had to be a Jedi because there was no other option. You know, exactly. if Luke's not a Jedi, but, like, he is just a farmer. Leia could be anything, and she chose to be a Jedi. She chose to go through this training. And then later on, mostly in the ancillary material and the sequels, that's when we see she gained this respect, you know, whereas Padme, yeah, people didn't listen to her and they listened to Leia in the original trilogy, but Leia also found this niche, you know, Leia found the few select people who were willing to join the cause anyway. So of course they would have listened to her. Yeah. I think, I think when you look at, you know, bloodline, that's more important for Leia's character than anything else, because that shows she earns the respect of this entire galaxy, whether they were rebels or not. That to me is the most true and most impressive form of Leia that we see. So to be able to see that and say, okay, she chose to go through this training. She chose this. Luke had to do it. She chose this. And she chose to give it up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, the message in Rise of Skywalker that we get about the Jedi is confronting fear is the destiny of the Jedi. Literally, no one has done that more than Leia has. Leia. Right. What are the two greatest Jedi moments that happen? in the movies that the movies tell us not opinions. The films tell us these are the greatest acts of Luke Skywalker throwing away his lightsaber on the second death star and crate where he doesn't even in his ghost form or whatever you vision form, however you want to define it does not even touch lightsabers, nonviolence sacrificing himself for what the greater good is for his belief in people. Right. Leia literally does that with her Jedi training because she has this vision and we 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 have these films where these men were Anakin, where Luke, where they're not listening to the visions that they have. They're not reacting to them maturely. Anakin goes off the deep or end because of a vision. To them
0: in the very wrong way. Yeah, exactly. like
1: Luke goes off and leaves his training and puts people in more danger than they were in before. And yes, it makes for an interesting story. But when we're looking at the lessons there, Leia saw a vision that the Force gave her, and she said, "Okay," and she accepted it as hard as it probably was, as scared as she probably was, knowing that there was some unforeseen thing that was coming for them that was going to happen that maybe they weren't as safe as they thought they were. She doesn't say, I need to have this sword in order to be powerful. She puts it down. She does what she thinks is right. Again, regardless of the consequences. And to me, that's super powerful. I
2: completely agree.
1: So, we could go off for another three hours, um, and and we most of the time do. But we're gonna punctuate it there for for today because Leia is a character that we will not stop talking about. But before we put it to a full close, little epilogue here, I want to ask each of you. And Chris, I'm gonna let you go first on this. What Leia content do you want to see in the future?
2: Ooh, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I would love an animated series about Leia and Han raising Ben in his super early years.
1: Ooh, I like it. Are we thinking like... I want
2: to see, I want to...
1: Thinking like anime style? Or are we thinking more Um, like Clone Wars, Rebels style?
2: I mean, I love anime style. I'm honestly fine with either. um, But I would just love an animated series that... um, you know, even if it starts with pregnant Leia, like I would just love to see like those early like ha- like the early kind of fun adventures of like a short series of like her going to do political stuff. And, and you know, she's uh, she's got a little teeny tiny infant with her. You know what I mean? I just think it'd be really fun.
1: That'd be really cool, especially just thinking about uh, Victory's Price just coming out. And this isn't a spoiler or anything for that. But like Hera thinks about Jason, and how she has to be away from him and stuff to fight. The, it'd be really cool to see like Leia, you know, in office, like with a baby on her hip. Just like, whatever. Yeah. I'm a boss how on both Bale levels. Was. Yeah. That's how
2: Bale was. I mean, Bale used to have Leia with him. So I just think it'd be really fitting to have like a little short series and just to get some more like kind of like wholesome moments.
1: I like it. I dig it. Lindsay, what about you?
0: I'm so happy Drew's not here because I get to say this for both of us. I want a West Wing style, like early Senate days of Leia. And I don't mean like early, you know, junior Senate. I mean, you know, while they're rebuilding the entire new Republic, I want her and Mon Mothma, but Aaron Sorkin, West Wing style. And I would never get to say that. If Drew were here, because he would take it first.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Very fair. <laughs> I want more Leia written by Claudia Gray.
2: Fair. Valid.
1: I think that there has right, never yeah. been an author. There has never been arguably a writer, whether they be film or otherwise, that has gotten as close to Leia's on screen as we get in Claudia Grace books.
2: Oh, I completely As agree.
1: great as her appearance in Rebels is, as great as she is in the sequels and all of that stuff, when you go back to the core of Leia that we started this conversation about in the original trilogy, I remember reading Bloodline the first time and I had to put it down. I don't remember what point in the story, but I had to put it down because I was just like, holy cow. There, I've never felt like lay it in the books was the Leia that I saw in the movies. And yeah.
2: Claudia Gray nails it she, like every time with everything she does. Absolutely. Holy heck.
1: And it's it's just it's this weird thing and, and and I you can't define it because it's not like uh well she does this and this and this. Because nope, the other people just, do that. It, it it just is. And that's a beautiful like thing aura. to me. I,
2: I don't yeah, I can't explain it. Like people have asked me I have I was on another podcast where I talked about Master and Apprentice and we we talked about Claudia Gray and I I don't know, she leaves me very speechless, which is crazy cuz authors very rarely do that for me, but like I I can't even I can't explain why it's better it just is.
1: Well, and the beautiful thing about Claudia Gray is and and we've had the privilege of being able to talk to her a few times. She is... She is Leia in a way. Where Leia never gets a big head about all the things that she's accomplished or her other oh, people's yeah. perception of her. And not to say that other Star Wars authors get big heads or anything. Yeah. Because I can't say that. But Claudia Gray specifically... She still very much behaves like a fan. She very... She doesn't...
2: She follows my bookstagram. Like, I yeah. have a, an Instagram where I talk about books, and she literally follows me out there. And I've, like, had conversations in her comment sections with her. Like, she's she, very down-to-earth in yes. a way that is very Carrie and Leia. Like, she's she talks to people like they're humans, not like they're her biggest fan, you know? Which Anna, is really cool.
1: And she's... I mean, I don't think there are too many people that would argue that she is not the best Star Wars author right now. Like, period, full stop. Like, the conversation ends right there. You know, it just like Leia was, like we said earlier, the end of the conversation in terms of what a hero should be. So, look at Leia. Let's get more characters like that. I think Leia gave us Ahsoka. Leia gave us Aiden Versio. Leia gave us Rey. Leia gave us Claudia Gray. Leia gave us so many important women in the in the story, in the creation Leia of this story, us Padme. in this fandom. Le- I how did I forget Padme? I I was gonna <laughs> say too, not just in Star Wars. I feel like Wars. I should be fired. I think
0: if we if we can even branch out to uh, you know outside of our galaxy in Star Wars and say it's Leia Tara. gave us these other characters. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a beautiful thing and it all started with Leia and we're going to end that conversation right there because again, we could talk forever about this, especially the three of us talking about Leia. I will. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I will wither away here and this episode will never get released because we just recorded until we died and I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. But if we survive, Pris, where can people find you? Keep up with your, your book stuff, your Star Wars stuff, all of that good jazz.
2: If you want to find me talking about Star Wars, you can find me on Twitter at Leia Rebellion. If you want to see a lot of my writing, book stuff, short stories, poetry, all that kind of fun stuff, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Literature Pris. And um, I also write for a really cool website that I'm one of like the leaders of called Fanatic Media. And you can find us at fanaticmedia.org
1: and That's we'll have stitch we will have those links in there and Percy, you and I have, have interacted pretty regularly on Twitter and you you just yes. you're so super fun to have on you just put out really fun content and Oh,
2: thank you. You
1: take this stuff seriously but not overboard. Uh, yeah. you you stand for what you believe in but in a way that is open and relatable, and and uh, so I just really encourage people if you want to, you know, we live in this dumpster fire world of fandom right now <laughs> where things can get a little crazy. If you want some more, uh, real but positive people, um, in your in your feed, then you definitely want to follow Pris and all of her accounts. Lindsay, if they want to follow you for some reason, I don't know why. I guess where could they find you? <laughs> well,
2: why you see would do like that? It, I don't see know them ray twos, right yeah.
0: um look best place to find me this isn't even a plug for us but it absolutely is but over on patreon um of course our facebook group clashing sabers and i did try to get back into my twitter account i'm still very much locked out but that's what's that is what happens when you get all new cell phones and devices and you have a An email tied to your Twitter account that you haven't used in 12 years. Um, so whoops, that's on me. I'll get back in eventually. When I do, you can find me at the lady of lore and I promise I'll get there. (laughs) I'm, I'm trying. I'll get back on soon.
1: Slowly but surely. We may get episode 10 first, but she'll be be back, ladies and gentlemen. And I am at Clashing Sabers on Twitter and, of course, our Facebook group, Star Wars Clashing Sabers and ClashingSabers.net. That's where you can keep up with all of our stuff. You can find links to everything that we're talking about and also find some of our articles, including my look uh, at Leia as the greatest Jedi of all time. I love it. But until then... Let's remember the one lesson that we should remember that Leia did not teach us, and that is batch eight.
0: Hi-ho.
1: Thank you. Lindsay, seriously, we have a guest, and you just wait that long? You're making me look bad.
0: I know. I know. I'm the worst, (laughs) because I like waiting to make Drew look bad, but then I realize Drew's not here, so I look bad.
1: (laughs) We've been doing this for a minute. You need to get it together.
0: I know. I know. I suck